This is Caitlin. This is Dave. This is Duncan. Yanni here. And Will. Welcome to iPodcast Magic Missile, where we play games and talk geek. Broadcasting every week from the New River Valley in the beautiful mountains of Southwest Virginia, we bring you audio from some of the most exciting games, new and old. No actual wizard spells here, just actual play from great games. This is iPodcast Magic Missile. I think we did a good job of integrating, like, new technological devices into... Oh, yeah. Um, that can be really hard to do <clears throat> in role-playing games. Really? I mean, I guess because it's right. something that happens sort of like... I mean, you if you just say what you're texting, yeah. that's really all yeah. it is. Well, I liked it because it just let us... It basically just let us talk to each other when we were not in a scene together. Yeah, yeah. which is actually yeah. better in some ways, because one of the yeah. problems is... It's fluid. Well, yeah. it depends on how you handle it. I mean... You can you can have games where that, that being able to call anyone is just too much of an issue and too much of a pain in the ass to like. The first thing you do in a horror film is remove the cell phone. Well, that's yeah. like Joanna's yeah. Dread scenario. That's the first thing. The one of the first things she does is cut off communication because yeah, most horror films are solved by the presence of cell phones. But that's not. But I mean, the other things though, like yeah, being able to communicate when you're not in the same room, like this sort of thing here, like mm-hmm. this the scene setting, like. How if 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 Grace needs to get a message to someone, how does she do it? That actually becomes a serious challenge, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. We don't need, we haven't seen a telephone yet. There's no reason to assume there isn't. No, there isn't a reason to assume there isn't. Um, I think that's up to us to sort sort of figure out in the fiction. But like, especially in a futuristic campaign, like when we ran that icons game at the store, when we were playing that icons campaign, that was actually one of the cooler things was that everyone. Had a cell phone, uh, mm. even Heiko's character. So, <laughs> um, and then there's like the, you know, bad guys can also have individual communication with people, which I think is another neat thing that you can't always do because sometimes you have the guy in the room that will just shoot the bad guy mm. if you're face to face, and sometimes the bad guy wants to give his his monologue. His monologue. And let me tell you, monologuing is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, if you've ever seen the gamers, you know. Yeah. The uh, Doctor Who episode I was watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's, it's one of the old ones, right? It's one of the old ones. Yeah, so with, from before there were cell phones. Right. Uh, but it was over a regular phone. Ah. Um, the And this is very minor spoilers. I don't know if you, any of you are ever going to go back and watch Pertwee. Okay, but it, it's, it's from the 70s or 80s, so it's, it's like... Cool. It was his sled, Eris dies. Mark Mar- Mar- would be 60s. <laughs> she was um, dead all along. Uh, the, the, it's fine. The, 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 from Final Fantasy seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the, the Master is using... It's like aiding the Autons in invading, and they can like control plastic. Wait, and really? Yeah, controlling plastic—a power that could have only existed in the '80s. <laughs> no, this was like the '60s. Either way, controlling plastic also existed in the first episode of the new Doctor Who. Really, it Less. may have only been, some carryover. It may have been a send send off to to this episode, but like early early on in like part three, this workman comes in and installs a new phone, and you're like, okay, that was uh, Chekhov's phone install. And it was, because yeah. then, near the end of episode three, the master calls up the doctor, the doctor answers the phone, and he's like, who's this? He's like, 
this is the master, and you're going to die. And he holds up this little device to the phone, and it, like, makes a noise. And then the cord, which was extra long, goes and wraps around oh, the doctor. <laughs> and then, and then it, like, does the, the, the fade out and, like, loud exit music. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of Chekhov's objects, so I watched Machete. Have any of you seen that? Mm-hmm. No, but I kind of mm-hmm. want to. Is it, it worth has, it? Uh, for free. Get yes. it from the library. It's, it's, it's totally worth it. It's worth it. If you like that sort of thing. It is a terrible action movie with, like, made of bad ideas, <laughs> but it has so many Chekhov's objects that are perfectly executed. At one point, a doctor, they're in a hospital, and the doctor is like, did you know that the human body has over, like... What, over a mile of intestines or something and in the next scene he the the machete cuts a guy open grabs his intestines runs down the hallway jumps out the window and uses them to rappel down the side of the building <laughs> <laughs> what useful uh, information like, they had been doing sure these Chekhov's objects and I did not even see that one coming that's, that's awesome amazing but, like that same doctor was like uh, there, there was a tray full of scalpels, and he was like, "Oh, don't touch those! Those cut through flesh like butter." <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, um, what a thing! Like, it was pretty great. Yeah, the- did, you, did you know that that character originated in Spy Kids? What really? Machete. Yep. That's that's actually I, kind of awesome. But I, I, I don't <laughs> even, I don't even I don't understand. So I saw um, what's the zombie? The World War Z. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. It was terrible. I mean, so it was an okay action book, but, like, there's so much just suspension of disbelief breaking stupid in that movie. There like, was there's enough of that in the preview. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll probably still watch it for free when we get it to the library. Yeah. yeah me too. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that movie just, the, 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 the science in that movie, or lack thereof, or lack of any sort of, of consistency made me angry. And I hope that this year is the peak <clears throat> of the zombie craze. Oh, I think we're way past the peak of the zombie craze. I hope so. I think, feel, I'm sick of zombies. I've been sick of zombies for years. I think a lot of people are getting sick of zombies. I don't know. I, One day. I, I still like Marvel zombies. I'm betting I'm betting on Frankenstein's next. In, or um, maybe Mummies. <laughs> no, the Mummy had its the Mummy had its like two movies. Did it? <laughs> it did. Those weren't bad. There were there were three. Okay, three. Also, they, two and three were bad. They, they were bad. They were bad. As was one. one no, one was one, cute. One had its... One, one was camp and good. Yeah. Exactly. For that. But yeah, mummies I mean, never had their thing. Mummies weren't dragons, <clears throat> and mummies weren't vampires, oh, well, sure. and mummies weren't uh, I don't zombies. Think they but it's like Hollywood... Somebody was... I was talking about, like, the, Hollywood's always a few years behind, so it's like... Like... Yeah. The post apocalyptic apocalyptic fiction always evidently like peaks when things are really shitty, mm-hmm. and so like the people got real into zombies when the economy was like at the bottom of the of the of the tank, and then like but that's when Hollywood started to put the zombie movies started writing the zombie movies. So we're still like, getting the the last little dribbles of zombie stuff. We might see Come werewolves on. legitimately next. Werewolves are hot, and they, there was there was a there was a they've, they've been they just never quite. Well, yeah, but if they bubble over, then 
We can see a bunch of it. Part yeah. of the problem is it's hard I to make a werewolf that doesn't look stupid. It's that really is hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Vampires it's like are a way scary easier. skeleton. They don't I, do it these I days. Guess, I guess I wish people just for werewolves just had them they be wolves. Scary skeleton. The, 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 there, was, there was the Main recent... Dinosaur comic. <laughs> we're talking about how zombies are just failed that. vampires. I, um, I know that. there's actually that was funny. But there's actually there's actually some comic fiction I remember reading about comic or two where that was actually the case. Uh, it was basically the case in American Vampire. Because they American Vampire in yeah. it, it's a comic. It's actually really good. Um, but what was the case in that? Oh, the oh, zombies like, are just failed so, vampires? Yeah, there is, like, a vampire virus or something. Like, they, they did an fine. exposition at some point. And there are, like, a bunch of different strains of vampirism. Mm. But they were like, oh, yeah, and, you know, like, zombies are really just a kind of vampire. And, like, werewolves are just a kind of vampire. It was not the best exposition ever. Well, the Underworld did that, but, too, with, zombies, with vampires and werewolves being the same... Thing sort of. They weren't the same thing at all. Wasn't two strains of the same virus that split like a long time ago or they something were, like that? They were no, actually they two were brothers. Kind of okay. They were two brothers who happened to get two things weird happening to them okay. simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, whatever. I don't really care that much. But they were irradiated by a vamp- vampire bat and a wolf. Bitten by a radioactive then, vampire. I want <laughs> the next thing to be the fair folk. Those things are. Way fucking oh, scarier. See, there you go. That's a th- th- that would be great. I think I they think would be really awesome like, to explore. There's so much there that we just <clears throat> that we only stress. Especially because like our popular culture is already obsessed with aliens. I mean, like you just. Oh, it's I hope the aliens closest, next. You know, but the thing about uh, aliens already had their big yeah, yeah well, no, things I mean, cycle like, in and out. We can, but like. The same I mean, Bell will go see. I could, I could fucking lit the world have. on fire for vampires. Well, the thing that's cool about the Fae is... I mean, not vampires. Cowboys or pirates come back. I I love westerns. Westerns are Pirates great. were just pir- here. Yeah. They weren't. That wasn't even pirates. That was three movies. Nobody followed suit. Four movies. <laughs> oh, sorry. Nobody, nobody <laughs> else jumped up on that, though. That was just Johnny Depp in makeup. That's true. That's true. Th- that wasn't, like... Pirates having a well, what about the? They got Lone Ranger. That's a cowboy movie. That's, that's not even a movie. I don't believe you. Makeup. I see what you're doing there. Uh, <laughs> uh, crap. What is the name of the the Bruce Campbell? He did a TV show. I want to say it was like Briscoe County Jr. Yes, my favorite. I watched was the shit out of that show. Freaking awesome! Child. One of one of my favorite mm-hmm. things ever is like he's a masked vigilante. And like they catch him, and yeah, that was in Jack of All Trades. Oh, that's what I'm actually thinking of. Oh, you're not thinking of the Western? No, I'm thinking of the pirate one. He wasn't a pirate per se. Well, but there he were pirates. He was like the though. Scarlet Pimpernel. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, there's there's one point where like the bad guy uh, uh, officials catch him and they rip off his mask, and underneath his mask he's got another mask, and they're so surprised that he gets away. <laughs> that's amazing. The, the, that thing was, about, the thing about westerns is westerns. Like the Western genre actually translates well into other genres. Like you can have your Western in space. It's like a thing they did uh, several times. In fact, yeah. you can have your Western in. It's it's like how you can have your naval adventure in space. In fact, most naval adventures are now set in space because the oceans aren't interesting anymore. Yeah, um, you pretty much got to go back to the going, 16th century for yeah. that. Going back to what you were talking about, the fair folk. Like one of the really cool things about that Christ is you master. know now that like. Medieval, like, 
intrigue and politics are a thing with Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's another angle you could get on that because yeah. you have the you have the, the various courts and their 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 internal political struggles and that would be cool to see like uh, Arthurian type of stuff come back. That'd be cool too. I, I could I could stand to have that be the thing. I'm not sure I could ever watch another thing on Arthur again. I didn't mean Arthur. Arthur. I said mm-hmm. Arthurian. Yeah. yeah. Because last time this was a thing, they made like <laughs> Tristan and Isolde and uh, I, Excalibur, and I know that you watched I, like six King Arthur. I wrote a 20 page paper on King Arthur in film, and I will never watch another one. But see, it doesn't. Well, have you've had your fill. Just of like that. you know, medieval. Yeah. Medieval knights backstabbing, etc. I. Riding on a coattail. I would like to see that either more historical or more fantasy than just plain vanilla uh, knights in castles. Without which is why Game of Thrones or something that involves you know the the Feyre or something like that because it's got enough fantasy to make it excuse the fact that it isn't exactly on one particular thing in history, which is interesting in its own right. Like Tudors, I I certainly intend to check out at some point, though I think we have a lot of spoilers online for it. <laughs> but the, the other there might thing, be a few spoilers in history too. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, I mean, that's why. To be honest with you, that, that's actually the appeal to me of Guy Gabriel Kay's books is that they're quasi-historical fiction with a little bit of fantasy sprinkled on top, which makes them awesome. Yeah, but George R. R. Martin's done a massive amount of research to get the flavor of the Middle Kingdoms right, and his, some of his other books too. Like if you've read, are, they're sort of good historical. As a large spider. It's not. It's not that it's large. It's just it's that it keeps going up and wife. down. Yeah. No, I just. I just don't want to. I'm afraid if I if I touch it, it's gonna fall and die. This spider needs to be in this house. Yeah, we'll send him outside. But um. It just kept on going up and down, and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm I'm making a web, man. What else? You write aside from so I actually went back after I, after I read the first three Game of Thrones books when they weren't um, when he hadn't had any more out I went back and read Fever Dream and Windhaven and a few of his other earlier books okay they were all quite good I mean Fever Dream is excellent it's vampires on the Mississippi mm-hmm. the steamboat vampires I mean classic classic right. yeah it is Louisiana classic. vampires I mean it's just a thing um, Windhaven it was a collaboration um, it's about a sort of a um, a post collapsed colony planet where you know there are basically out of sails, you know, for their old solar sails or something like that, they've made wings and some people can fly. And it's this very sort of, you know, the end of a, f- it's sort of that, that, that the fading of the fading of the light sort of a, a type of a story, like a little bit Tolkien in that way, but no fantasy. It's, it's right. more science fiction. Um, there's a lot of really great stuff like that. that okay. The main stuff I see with his name on it at the library is the wild cards novels, and I figured you weren't uh, referring to those. What is that? It there's like a wild card virus, and people are superheroes because they've got the wild card virus, and all the novels have names that are somehow related to cards, and oh. uh, they're written by somebody else and uh, edited, edited by, by Martin. Yeah, um, that's that's not the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe they're good, yeah. but I wouldn't pick it up because it's a George R. R. Martin book. It doesn't yeah. sound like it it's is. not a George R. R. Martin book. Exactly. No. I think he's actually written name. some of the the stories. Like, hmm. not oh, every right. one is written by other people. Oh, okay. But I think, you know, that's the sort of thing where mostly it's like, it's the kind of like the Mangasin Wars that uh, Larry Niven started and then other people wrote. Mm. Man, uh, Larry Niven... I mean, it wasn't good, 
but he gets like points for world building and entertaining writing. I think. I, I think like the <clears throat> first of the. Um, Ring World. No, Ring World. I liked Ring World. Was, was the first Ring World was pretty good. I only read the first one. My dad told yeah. me not to bother with any of the other no. ones. No, that's pretty much classic. Though the the, <clears throat> the Smoke Ring and the Integral Tree, also, is that Larry? Yeah, that's. I think that's Larry. It name. sounds like something he would write. Um, so the other ones aren't as good as the first. Yeah, the the, the other Ring World ones. Yeah. The, the the Smoke Ring and the Integral Trees are like my two favorite of his books. Really? Actually, um, <coughs> it is another. Very much world building thing, except that instead of a ring that's constructed, it's a ring of gas uh, around a sun. I think it, it wasn't actually like a neutron star or something. Well, there's a neutron star orbiting the the sun. Oh, it shepherds the and, and it is that is what's <coughs> like caused the the gas to coalesce. Gotcha. Um, but you know, because of the mechanics of being in an orbital ring of gas, uh, like. All kinds of weird shit happens mm-hmm. that is non uh, non intuitive, like as far as navigation. The um, the uh, the the those books were actually always held up as examples of like science fiction world building. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, now, Niven, Niven actually is the one that's always held up as the example of science fiction world building. Oh, sure, he's, <laughs> he's great at world building. And maybe maybe not the best author ever, but. Mm-hmm. Man, those are some awesome worlds, and I really wish there was more stuff happening in them. Like, it's, it's he's also one of those he's also one of those like old fashioned old fashioned sci fi writers who didn't do much with characters. Mm-hmm. You know, there was like like yeah. Whoa, Teela Brown jumped the shark right off the boat in Ringworld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She like hit epic tier before anyone else. <laughs> um. I, I reread the the smoke ring and interval freeze because I like them quite a bit, and Those they really feel like there man. should be a third book and a prequel because it's got a little bit of the like was, advanced spaceship <laughs> civilization tech. Um, you know, there's there's like a shuttle that what some of the more advanced people have access to that's got you know. Can actually fly under its own power, and it's got like fusion engines or something. And um, you know, there's there's other advanced tech around, and you don't know exactly why. Well, I mean, the the implication is humans got there somehow, right? So we haven't done this in a while. What has everyone been playing for the last like month? I got in two, ki- three Kickstarters actually recently. I got my bones, which is not a game. No, but that's worth mentioning. Yeah, and it's freaking what, awesome. You like your bones? Yeah, yeah. Um, you said a few of them were a little bit bent. Well, not These a few. These are miniatures, a, by the way. And they're ton. soft plastic. They're softer um, than the normal way. Like. Yeah. They recommend it online. Um, you basically, you take it, you put it in boiling water, bend it back into shape, and then you put it in cold water, and it's supposed to hold it. And I, th- I, I haven't... I, I think it may be that I didn't have the water... Hot enough, enough for all of it, and cold enough for all of it, because a lot of them have rebent. Gotcha. Um, hmm. So I might, I might just need to do smaller batches because there's like twenty or thirty mm-hmm. that I went through and straightened because I did like the vampire level and uh, got a crap ton of minis. Yeah, yeah. Um, the listeners is- at home. 
this is not going to make for great radio. Can't but can't see it, but I have Holy got this shit. Yes. freaking awesome. No, He's got Cthulhu. Um, can I take a picture of that, maybe? Yeah. All right, let's do that. The thing is huge. <laughs> for the listeners at home, this is what you get if you got... What level were you at? Well, no, that was actually an extra. I think it was only like 10 or 15 bucks. Um. <laughs> that is how Bones is priced, apparently. Yeah. Well, Games Workshop says that's And appropriately say don't move don't lift that up. Is that a multi part model? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I have glued it together already. Okay. Oh, hold on a second, I'm gonna get one with the flat. Tail arms and wings were separate. Looks like about seven oh, inches yeah. tall. It's huge. Yeah. It is yeah, this that's is an outstanding for. model. Yeah, that yeah. that's a good picture. And appropriately standing on top of an Apocalypse World book. Though some yeah. of the stuff like this this was a regular one, the the beholder. Uh, oh, I got the... Wow, that's an awesome beholder. That is. Uh, <laughs> I got some spiderines. Oh, I like her. Oh, yeah. Um, nice. That's hot. Yeah. There's lots of... Lots of... Pretty, pretty awesome freaking shit. Yeah, I mean, you can't actually say Drider or Beholder because they're copyright Watsy, but... Eye Tyrant and Spiderine. Yes. But, All uh, the canonical D&D monsters are, are copyrighted. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know Beholders were... D&D originals. Yeah, they, they called it some other name. Yeah, they do that. The Reaper calls it just calls yeah, it something. Pathfinder I, calls it something uh, else. Yeah. I Tyrant, probably. Yeah, something it's like that. It's called an angry oculosphere. <laughs> so, yeah, there's the... the above. But so, you I got did, your bones. I, I also got Castle Dice and Boss Monster. Uh, Boss Monster is sort of like a Dungeon Lords type of a... Uh, or Dungeon yeah, Keeper. Dungeon whatever. Keeper. You, you play the boss of a dungeon... And um, you see for the first time. You summon, uh, you build your dungeon and try and lure heroes into it and kill them. And everybody else is also playing evil boss bosses and trying to do the same thing. And it has a very much a retro eight bit feel to it. Nice, uh, which is is pretty cool. And, and Caitlin has squeed very quietly <laughs> at Cthulhu. Um, and then Castle Dice is a. Dice drafting worker placement game. Worker placement? Um, I, I don't understand worker, the term. Pl- that Work, means, worker placement. Yeah, okay, not I worker thought you said worker placement. Like, it's fun, so instead of working, working you, you can just play that game. Uh, Sounds yes. good. Uh, in that you, respect, all games are <laughs> you, worker You placement. have cards you want to build for the different resources, mm-hmm. and the different resources show up on different dice. And so you pick the dice that you want for those type of resources to be available mm-hmm. but everyone rolls their dice and then the dice all go into the center pool and you take turns picking <clears throat> from them Neat. so if you really want land you're going to take a lot of land dice hope they come up with land and hope everyone else doesn't take all the land before you get to yep. it uh, which kind of neat. It's, it's nice um, and then you know sometimes other people take land too so it works out uh, both of them are, are pretty quick to play and I'm, I'm pretty... We'll have to do that uh, if I swing by a store on a Thursday night sometime. Yeah. But you don't, kid. What have you been up to? I've been playing some WoW. I just finished uh, the, like, initial breakdown of the Universal Miniatures game. So... What's that? It's now live on the Fun and Games Facebook page. Oh, you cre- you're creating a, a yeah. Universal uh, Miniatures game. It's It's been in the works for a couple of years now. Very slowly. Well, give give um, us the elevator, elevator yeah. pitch on that. So the idea is you have a bunch of miniatures because you played some miniatures games in your life. It's hard. But you don't like the rules. Bones. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't like the rules for those miniatures games, or maybe you want to play with your friend who has 
a different miniature. You've got Mercs, they've got Warhammer Fantasy, somebody else has Cthulhu. And so you crack out half a dozen models, and the rules for the Universal Miniatures game, and it has, like, model breakdown, like, are you wearing heavy armor? Do you have two pistols or a great weapon? And you you can just look at the model, see what it is, roll dice. It's one of those things where, like, line of sight is line of sight. If you stand behind the guy's head, you can see something. Normally I hate that rule. True line of sight, I hate it. But this is the right game for it. It is totally the and, right game uh, for it. That's awesome. Yeah. We'll have to link to that. That that actually sounds really cool. I'd like to read the rules, and I don't even own any miniatures. Well, other than my characters, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. What about you, Will? You've been playing some Warhammer, haven't you? Uh, I've been playing some Warhammer, sure. But uh, I also recently got the old original XCOM game. From <laughs> oh. <laughs> like good old games or Steam? Or... Yeah, from Steam. And... I liked it a fair amount, but one of the things I'm not a big fan of is that the way I've played it, and I don't know whether this is the way you're supposed to play this, but what happens, as I've found, is you are almost constantly knee-deep in a firefight, and I don't know if it's just me, but I'm not really all that thrilled about the the tactical team-based firefight. Mm. I remember that from playing it ages yeah. ago. It was it was very very hard. It's, it's not just it's not the hard. I mean, it, it and it's yeah. just it's not my cup of tea in particular. I mean, I like um, the games that I really enjoy are individual character management mm. games or reaction games. Games that require a reaction time. So, well, yeah. And this is neither of them. What would you call it, like, a good party-based individual management game? Um, an individual management game like uh, Dragon Age. Gotcha, or like the old Baldur's Gate games or whatever. So, I'll probably get, like, set on fire on the internet for saying (laughs) this, but you might actually enjoy XCOM Interceptor. I actually had that as a kid. I really did like that. Okay, yeah, I, did, well, I already did. Like I did that. too, too. Cause <laughs> I, I freaking love like dogfights and dogfights in space versus aliens with also a tactical management. No, no, suite. I I really liked uh, Interceptor. Have you have any of you played the original Wing Commander games? Mm-hmm. Oh, long, man. long ago. I mean, I, I never I, actually right now it would probably be, the controls would probably be so horrible you wouldn't be able to play them. But like, they were. Not only good games, but well written for their time, and had like a lot of them. Uh, after the first few, there was like voice acting, like Mark Hamill was in it and stuff. It was pretty cool. Are these the Star Wars ones? No, Wing Commander was like it was uh, more like the Manx Zin Wars. Actually, it was actually yeah. uh, it was actually sort of um, inspired by that. The enemies were cat-like creatures called Kilrathi. Oh. It became less cat cat-like as they went on, and more alien-looking as the series went on, for like obvious <laughs> reasons as the graphics got better. But like, ah. yeah, it was. Um, but they were they were basically you know humanity is locked in a a war for survival with you know a Klingon like alien race or a you know Kazin like alien race I suppose uh, and you know you're playing hotshot pilots on this big you know space carrier and you know the thing about them is they were they're branching uh, missions and so like you could lose a mission earlier on and that would make you have harder missions later on or if you lost a mission in the middle you might not have a way to salvage it and Earth is in, but your last mission is a suicide mission to defend Earth from being destroyed and guess what it gets destroyed so like it was one of the first games to have sort of branching plot that way which was really cool I so you could play through it a bunch of different ways and you could you could like experience different different endings and have different people survive and not survive 
I, I remember uh, Star Fox 64 was infuriating oh. about that. Really? Yeah, because they had about... They had, I think, five levels for the entire story mission, and depending on how you did the first two, you had different middle, uh, middle and second to last missions. And I was very annoyed because I, I just, I, uh, as a kid, I had a very hard time getting the missions that I was interested in trying. I just wanted to play all the different missions. That was before I could just go on the internet and look up a guide for how to play that. Mm. Yeah, I played tons of multiplayer of that game as a kid. I never played the missions at that all. That sounds fun. But like, I would always go over to my friend's house and we would like fly around in our little tanks and spaceships. I think I, I, I unlocked Star Fox. You can run around as a man. Yeah, I did that too. That's yeah. ridiculous. I, I think but, I think actually the thing that ruins Star Fox for me is that I'd already played Wing Commander, which was like full 360, and that open, was open space, and that was like so super unreal. So it's like. Well, it's not giving me the experience that I wanted from that. The, the, the multiplayer the, was the a single little, player was on rails. The yeah. single player was on rails. You could wow. sort of move around, but it was yeah, within the sort of like a was two. Just like, and there were special yeah. weird missions and parts of a mission where you weren't on rails. The, the boss fights That's were so like crazy. the multiplayer. Ah, they had a big okay. arena you flew around in, and if you went too far, you did a U-turn. <laughs> Interesting. I'm sorry, I don't know how your head is feeling. Are you up for... Do you, have you been doing anything interesting? You can opt out of talking if you like. Uh, <laughs> we've been watching Torchwood. Yeah, we've been watching lots of Torchwood. Yes, we have. Mm. Yeah, this is going to be on my docket soon. Is that for having run out of modern Doctor Who to watch? Or? No. No. Uh, what, what is Torchwood? I don't understand how the spinoff of Doctor Who works. So, <laughs> this is based on one of the companions of Doctor Who. In particular, Jack Harkness. Captain Jack Harkness. Uh, he was in the... Captain Jack will get you high tonight. Take you to a special island. It's true. hey Captain Jack. Take me to the railroad track. Yeah. Well, it's an awful lot like Captain Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so, is, is Torchwood like a mundane show or no. a magical show? This is... Uh, it's... It's like X-Files... But British. But everyone fucks each other all and the that time. Also. And it's really grimdark. And there's a, and uh, <laughs> wait, it's is, a it, is it in Doctor the modern Who? day? Or? Yes. Yes. Okay. So it's in the modern day, and it's in the Doctor Who universe. And sometimes mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Who uh, universe spills in more, and sometimes less. Really. One of their best uh, Does episodes. Does the Doctor actually show up much? I haven't seen him yet. Okay. Um. He, I don't think he he doesn't usually show up in Torchwood. Okay, but so it's like X Files, where the weird is the Doctor Who universe. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and it's only in one location. Torchwood in in Cardiff. Uh, oh, Torchwood yeah, is a secret organization ah. underneath Cardiff, and it's it's just it's a neat show, and it's a lot closer to my preferred flavor of show than Doctor Who Have is. Have you ever played Monster of the Week? I haven't. You need to play Monster of the Week. I probably should. Yeah. I've now run that twice and um, well, Yanni was there. It sounds possible because, I mean... One of if the you th- like X-Files, Supernatural, Torchwood, that's... that's or even Buffy. That's, I'm not sure I'm all that... I haven't seen much of X-Files but I'm not, I'm not 100% on that. It's, it's really... A tone is important to me and I don't know the tone of X-Files. 
Yeah, it's... I feel like the opening song for X-Files sets the tone for X-Files better than anyone could describe X-Files. That's true. That's not what I'm interested when in. When I was a kid, <laughs> I, like, my parents watched X-Files, like, every night. Not, I mean, Me every too. night it was on. I couldn't yeah. sleep when and they I watched could, X-Files. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the, I'd hear the music, and I, like, couldn't sleep. <laughs> Monster of the Week, it's more Scooby Squad-ish. Like and then the, uh, <laughs> the 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 character archetypes are things like um, the flake, who's the conspiracy theory not, and the uh, um, the wronged, whose family was destroyed by monsters. Oh no! Like, <laughs> the chosen, the revengeancer. The, yeah, the revengeancer, and then the, the mortal, whose job is to get to get like or to get in, herself into trouble. Got a, they've got a mortal in both games. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's actually, there's actually, the, the Monster Hearts and um, Monster of the Week were developed at about the same time, like and because they're drawing from a lot of the same source material, just, you know, Monster Hearts is more, or Monster of the Week can have more adult characters, there's a little bit of overlap there, but, like, there's, like, the monster trying to be human, there's the spooky who's tempted by dark power, there's the, but, and you're smiling, this is a game you would enjoy. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. and I it's, like, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. I like Monster Hearts, but I think I... It would have benefited from better game design. Uh, but I liked I, it in principle. I might could have run a tighter ship, especially uh, if I no, had run no. before. Well, I, everyone strings, who plays strings, read a person, not all the way there. We didn't have read a person, yeah. and that is important for things getting done. Well, I've always said that my my two favorite my two favorite apocalypse world system mechanics are the experience point mechanic in, dun- in Dungeon World. Mm-hmm. And the oh God, I love that manipulate so mechanic in manipulate PC mechanic in Monster of the Week, which is if I manipulate you, you get an XP if you do it. If I fail the roll, you get an XP if you don't do it. That's oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it, it like even though it's a party game, it has good rules to create drama. You know, so I, I think that's actually like <laughs> the- important. We were we were talking about spinoffs and the X Files, which reminded me of one episode of a Babylon Five spinoff called The Crusade, where there are a pair of aliens who are absolutely Mully and Scolder. They're Scully and Mulder. Um, um, <laughs> Do they call them Mully and Scolder? No, I don't think? remember what their names were, but but you know they they are Greys. Mm-hmm. You know the big gray head, the eyes, which is ironic. Wearing of wearing suits just like they nice. wore on the show, nice. and like trying to prove the existence of aliens. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> and it's just like one episode in there, and they of course run into the cast that, 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 That's not actually doing anything. <laughs> that's good, but maybe it is very gently. Um, so, well, for me, I. I've been really busy, but I did play... I did run my first Google Hangouts game, which I was mentioning before. Uh, shout out to uh, Jen and Lee in, out in Chicagoland, who were great, uh, who played with us and and, uh, and Joanna, and uh, we played Fiasco because we were going to play Apocalypse World, and then somebody had to bail, and we're going to do that again this this week. I'm digging Google Hangouts. Like, if you haven't played a game on Google Hangouts, it's just a good idea. Like, it... It really is like being in the room with them. If, if everyone's got a decent camera, um, and like whoever's speaking comes up on the big screen, but you see everybody's face down the bottom, and I think it would get a little unwieldy 
with more than like four to six people, I think six is probably the absolute most you could do. But it's a really good it's a really good deal. Generally, most people you want in a role playing game anyway. Well, yeah, I mean. I mean, there are exceptions. I run Dungeon Roll with yeah. nine players. Yeah, yeah no, no. I'm, <laughs> That's I'm just, just silly. I said generally, <laughs> not always. What, so. uh, what playbook's not the right word? Oh, playset. Okay, playset. so we did um, Action News 6, I think okay. it's called. It was freaking... It was hilarious. We had... Uh, uh, I was the lead anchor. Um, the my, my sister, or at least... Our angle was that we were brother and sister, even though we weren't actually brother and sister. Was uh, um, Jen played uh, her? She was the the weather girl, and then uh, Joanna played the uh, the floor manager, and uh, Lee played the producer. And it was just—I mean, I could recap it, but it's not really important. And we didn't record it, and it's not a thing that's going to go on the internet or anything like that. So, but it was still—it was just a thing. So, one of the things I'd like to do is I'd like to like, like I said before, I'd like to like rotate you guys all into these games because this is like an opportunity for me to play with people that I've met at conventions but like you should also meet people mm-hmm. you know so <laughs> no 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 people yeah you fail to realize that some of us are gamers try not to meet new people dun 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 well, that sounds like when, fun. when do you do that Tuesday nights I think, the, I think most of the games are going to be Tuesday nights just because that is a night of the like, week what, that what I have time? for well, because because I'm, we're playing with people in Central Time, it's going to be seven o'clock to or eight o'clock our time, probably till eleven or midnight. So, okay. um, it, it it's a little bit of a late night on a Tuesday, but not so late that you can't get up for work the next day, which was sort of the compromise because you mm-hmm. know they're an hour earlier, and mm-hmm. you know at least some of them have kids too, and they have to make sure they're in bed, et cetera, et cetera. So. Right, that's one of those type of things. But it's 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 cool to see people that I would otherwise only see once or twice a year. Which brings me to the next thing is Gen Con is coming up, and uh, you are going to Gen Con. That's true. And I are going to Gen Con, <laughs> and I will be spending most of my time in the games on demand. Uh, I, I will whole. surely be spending time there. But one thing I endeavor to do every Gen Con is at least a couple of things that I haven't done at previous Gen Cons because there's so much there, fucking there's stuff, a ton of stuff to do. going on. I, I definitely want to do the True Dungeon again, and I'm, I don't know how you feel about traditional D&D not being traditional D&D, but I may try and drag you to that. Uh, um, I remember it being expensive and yeah. not something I wanted to do, but, mm-hmm. I mean, you, I could probably have my arm twisted, because I'm also, like... Uh, I had a, an, ex of, an ex of mine who was actually a really awesome person, and uh, I won't call her out by name. She said, I'll try anything twice. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good... Uh, Twice? Yes. Just in case you get the wrong impression the first time. Uh, yeah. Well, but I mean, like, mm-hmm. like no, but True Dungeon is it? It's neat, and I think I would probably give it a shot. I, I, I want to do it at least a second time. Uh, part I, of it depends on availability too, and like yeah. how many games I'm running, and when people I know will be running games, and maybe I can slip in. Although I'm probably going to do less of that, more of just socializing because. With like two hundred people in that room, yeah, the odds are I'm not going to be able to get into the specific you know person that's running in that I want. So, mind if we rolled out? I'm feeling a little. Tired. I think it's it's, oh. it's probably yeah. Only we probably can transport cut first. It. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, hope you feel better. Yes, yeah. definitely. Me too. Yeah. This podcast is fully copyrighted by its hosts. Visit us at podcastmagicmissile.com iPodcast Magic Missile, attacking the darkness since 2012.